Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's nothing that a God can't do. Nothing that a God cannot do. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. Uh, before we begin the service, I want us to do something. Um, many of you may have heard about our dear sister, uh, Pat, the mom, went home to be with the Lord today. She's dancing up and down the streets of gold right now. I was, I was thinking about it earlier when Pastor uh, talked to me about it. And I was trying to picture her in a, a beautiful gown, hanging with the Lord, uh, spending time with Abraham, and trying to make her way to the throne. And the Lord Jesus meeting her at the, at the gate of heaven. Say, welcome, my daughter. Let me show you your mansion. Let me show you your reward. Amen? So this is not sad or... No, 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 no. But I want us to do something tonight. I want us to pray for Pat and the family. I want us to commit her heart into the Lord. Because no matter what, you know, even though we know she's in heaven rejoicing and, and in joy, but this is a loss for her. So I want us to lift... Because we are family brothers and sisters in the Lord. So I want us to lift her before the throne of grace tonight. We are going to pray for strength, for the comfort of the Holy Ghost, Comf the comfort of the Holy Ghost that no man can give, that no, no money can give, no preaching can give. Lord, we are asking tonight, I want you to pray with me. Open your mouth and pray, and just pray for part tonight, and pray for the entire family. Lord, we lift up our hands. Your word says, rejoice with them that rejoice and mourn with those that mourn. And so we stand with her tonight. It's really a celebration, Lord, because we know where she is. We know she's celebrating in heaven. She's, she's still trying to make her way to the gate right now. Lord, we just thank you for this transition to glory. Lord, we commit part into your hand. We commit the entire family into your hand. Lord, even as they go through this season, Lord, we pray your protection upon them. I surround them with faith and the love of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. How many of us are... Excited to be in the house of God tonight. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I am super excited tonight to share the word of God with us. Um, I'm trying to get myself set up here. How many has been enjoying the teaching so far? Praise the Lord. I know God has something to add, some layers to add tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm kind of stalling for 7 o'clock. Can I go? Okay, go ahead. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, because I don't want the YouTube people to miss uh, the word of God. Before we start tonight, I want to share 
testimony. I know if I give everybody a mic, you can preach for the, the entire time of what God has done. But I, I, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to share something that happened to me, uh, a miracle that the Lord did when I was about 10 years old. So prior to that, for my childhood, I was asthmatic. <laughs> my dad took me to everywhere, to doctors, and I'm not proud to say it. He actually took me to you know, traditional people too. Because I remember there was this medicine, I said medicine, but concussion, more like, that they gave him that I was supposed to ingest. Uh, the devil is a bad devil. Somebody help me tell the neighbor, the devil is a bad devil. But God is a good God. I will ingest that thing. I will ingest that thing. But there was no change. Nothing happened. Not, no improvement in my condition. It was the same. But we came across Jesus. We came across Jesus. We went to a, a crusade. And I remember in the crusade, the power of God hit me. I was 10 years, I mean, not even 10 at the time. The power of God hit me, and the asthma left me. If I didn't tell you I had asthma, you don't know that. Uh, the asthma left me. And I remember I went on the stage that day to share my testimony I was a little bit nervous. I was nine years old, and God healed me, you know, in Nigeria. Glory to God. I just want to open with that because I know sometimes we see some miracles or some happenings that we want God to do in our lives, and it looks so big and so out there. There's nothing that our God cannot do. There's nothing. Another testimony, my mom, you know, in we, we, we know about witchcraft. You know, Pastor has talked about that in South America, in Africa. Witchcraft is real, especially in Africa. So we, my mom was attacked with witchcraft. I know it's witchcraft because they took her to, this was around the same time uh, growing up. I, I saw a lot of uh, the darkness and a lot of God. And it, it, it made my heart want more of God. Amen. Because I see what darkness can do, and I see what light, the power of God, brought to bear in situations can do. So we took my mom to everywhere. I mean, there was everywhere we went, the doctor would say, uh, we don't know what's wrong with her. We checked her. There's nothing wrong with this woman. But she's practically bedridden, practically bedridden. And I remember my dad walked in another city about two hours away. And when my mom is having an attack, we will rush to the neighbor's house because they are the only one that has uh, a landline phone. And we will rush to go and call him. This is happening. This is happening. I remember that as a seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid. We will rush to go and call. So finally, somebody told us about church. I mean, we were Christians. But somebody told us about a place where the power of God was moving. And so we took her to the church. And in a space of two weeks, they, I don't know what they did because I wasn't there. I was a kid. So my older sister and my brothers were with my mom, and they conducted deliverance. And my mom is hale and healthy today. In fact, she outlasted my dad. My dad is gone. She's still alive. 
and she's normal, she's in a sound mind. I mean, she will be talking to you like she's in the days. It was a terrible witchcraft attack. I want to share that with us today because I was led to share that, to let us know there's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing that God cannot do. You know, you know Mark 9.23, Jesus spoke to this man that brought his son to the disciples to cast out the devil. And Jesus was coming down from the mountain with the other four apostles or the disciples that were with him. And Jesus began to interview, like, what's going on? What's this commotion? He said, Master, help me. I brought my son to your other disciples. They couldn't do anything. If you can help us, help me. And Jesus said, it's not about what I can do. If you can believe, all things are possible to him or her that believes. So was Jesus playing? Was he telling the truth? I mean, all things means all things. All things includes cancer, right? All things include family problems, right? All things include marital problems, right? All things means all things. Amen? So I just want to get our faith level, you know, up a little bit and stand. I know many of us, we are believing God already. I'm just preaching to the choir. But I'm just telling you to keep standing. To keep standing. To keep standing for your the Redeemer lives. His name is Alpha, and his name is also Omega. If he says it, he will do it. Oh, there's nothing that our God can do. No matter what the doctor said, there is nothing that our God can do. There is no situation he can't turn around. There is no circumstance that God cannot intervene in. Oh, glory to God. So I want us to be excited tonight because God is a faithful God. And his word is always true. Praise the Lord. So we've been looking at this series on doing the works of Jesus. We've, we've covered a few things. And I just want to uh, continue with our study tonight. Uh, do we have the material? No, we don't. It's all right. Yo, you do? Oh, great. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So our text that we've been using is John chapter 14, verse 12. Let's start with that. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And we spent the first week and the second week to continue to expand on that, that the works of Jesus includes preaching, teaching, and healing. And Jesus is saying here that the works that he did, we get to do. Amen? And greater works because he has gone to the Father. And I heard some testimonies. Uh, we have testimonies all the time. It's just that we don't, you know, put it on display. You know, some ladies were sharing testimonies with me of somebody they prayed for, and they saw a miracle. Amen? So what God is passing to the church, to Global River Church, to you tonight, to through this series, is to reawaken your spirit, man. Keep praying. You, you are more powerful than you know. 
you are more powerful than you know. And what the enemy wants us to believe is that, you know, we are, you know, we are, you know, second class citizen. No, we are not. Because the same Holy Spirit that worked with Jesus is the same Holy Spirit inside you. The Bible says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You know, many times we think that witness is only talking about talking, you know, talking about Jesus. But witness also includes demonstrating the kingdom, demonstrating the power of God, praying and seeing miracles. Praise the Lord. God is a miracle-working God. So we are going to look at three main things that the Lord put in my heart for tonight. We're going to look at abiding. One of the secrets of the miraculous ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abiding in him. We are going to talk about being full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. And if we have time, we are going to go into prayer. Glory to God. We are going to talk about prayer and we are going to pray. <laughs> Glory to God. So does that sound like a plan? Glory to God. If you go open your Bible to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. If you are watching from home, please, I need you to have undivided attention. Put the coffee down. You can drink the coffee later. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Have undivided attention. Beginning from verse 1. This is a very powerful scripture. Not only because it's in the red, but it's the word of God. The Bible said, Jesus is the one speaking here. He said, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears fruit, he takes it away. Sorry, that beareth not fruit, he takes it away. And every branch in me that beareth fruit, he purges it, that he may bear more fruit. So I'm going to pause for a second and tell you that you may be going through a season of purging. It's because the Father wants you to bear more fruit. You are bearing fruit, but he wants you to bear more fruit. Glory to God. So don't, don't see it as a bad thing when you are going through a season of purging because the Father wants you to bear more fruit. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, it prunes it that it may bear more fruit. You already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Verse 4, abide in me as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and high in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered away. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you also. Abide in my love. I think that's plenty. So you notice the Lord Jesus kept emphasizing one word, 
throughout the whole series. Abide in me. When you look at other translations, they use a different word. The, act, the word abide there is actually a Greek word called meno or M-E-N-O. It means to dwell, to remain, to continue, not just to start, but to continue, to endure, to tarry. Like, you know, the Lord told them to tarry in Jerusalem, to stay there, to wait for, to remain stable and fixed. So God is saying, if you want to bear fruit, if you want to do the works, you have to abide in me. You are not uh, coming and going. Amen? You are rooted in the house. You are abiding in him. He said in verse 7, he said, abide in me, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, the word of God abiding in you, then you will have authority in prayer. Do you see that? Then you will have authority in prayer. Then your words will be the word of power. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, to the extent that we allow the word of God to dwell in us, to that extent we have authority to use the word of God in prayer, and not just in prayer, to command, to speak to winds and waves, to speak to elements, to speak to situations in our family, to speak to situations in our lives. So if you abide in him, if you are an abiding believer, in fact, Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, not the person that visits, not the person that comes once a week, but the person that abides, that has made their home in the secret place of the Most High. It's the same thing. He's saying, if you are in me and I'm in you, then the same authority that I carry is in you. And then you'll be able to address situations with boldness, knowing that God is backing you up. So abiding in the word of God and in the... in God himself is a prerequisite for doing the works of Jesus. It's not just, oh, I'm a Christian because I fill out a form and they ask me what's my religion and I check Christian. <laughs> it's not I'm a Christian because I come to church once in a while. Or maybe you come all the time. All of that is necessary. But what's abiding? Abiding is a heart thing. Amen? Abiding is a heart thing. I mean, you know that you can be in a place... Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let there be light. Hallelujah. You can be in a place and not be in the place. <laughs> you can be in a place and not be there. Uh, yes, I've done it before. You all have done it before. So you know what I'm talking about. Somebody is talking to you and you're like, uh, can you say that again? Because for the last 30 seconds or three minutes, you were somewhere else. So the same thing, when you abide, when you make God your habitation, when you make his word your habitation, you are chewing the word of God like it's your necessary food. Amen? It's your necessary food. In fact, there was a, a time in Nigeria uh, amongst the youth as we were getting introduced to the word of God, Bible before breakfast. Bible before, that was the slogan, Bible before breakfast, amen? Because the word of God is life. 
In him you find life. In him you find the answer that you are looking for. You have to treat the word of God as bread, the bread of life. And that's where you find the, en- the, the anointing and the energy to do the works of God. You have to abide. You have to be an abider, somebody that abides, that, that stays there. Amen? You are not mixing the word of God with something else. You are staying with the word of God. So Jesus is saying here, he is the vine, we are the branches. And we know that in the natural. If you cut off the branch from a tree or from a vine, for the first 24 hours, it may look all right, right? Maybe even for the first 24, 48 hours, maybe even 72 hours, it will look all right. But after a while, you start to notice that mm, this guy is not connected. Because if I, let's say this is a full growing plant and I cut it off, I cut this piece off and then I put it back there. When everybody's looking at it, it looks like it's connected to the vine. It looks like it's connected to the source. But after a couple of days, a couple of hours, a period of time has passed, you will know those who are with him and those who are not with him. Those who are connected with him and those who are not. Because the source of life, sustenance for that branch is coming from the vine. It's coming from the roots from the vine. So if you are not connected to the vine, you don't have any life. Because in him is life. Talking about the word. Talking about Jesus himself. In him is life. And the life is the light of men. The light shines in darkness. So if you want to have victory over darkness, you better have the word in you. Because the word is what gives you victory over darkness. Glory to God. So you have to be an abider. Somebody that abides. Excuse my English. You have to be somebody that stays with the word. In season and out of season. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Glory to God. Thank God in our generation we have technology that can help. The days you don't feel like reading the Bible, tell the Bible to read itself to you. Glory to God. Push the play and say, read it to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have to be hungry for the word because that's, the, that's where your energy comes from to be able to do the works of God. Without the word of God, I don't know how people that don't have the word of God, I don't know how they live. Without us abiding in the vine, we cannot bear fruit. That's another very important. Now, when you talk about fruit, fruit can be broken into two buckets. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faithfulness, temperance, self-control. The fruits of the recreated human spirit. We know that, Galatians chapter 5. But we're also talking about another type of fruit, which is the works of Jesus. Seeing what Jesus said we can do. Because we read it, John 15, John 14 rather, verse 12. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he will do. He's talking about Terry. He's talking about Pastor Terry. He's talking about Teresa. He's talking about Everybody in the room. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's saying the works that he did, we will do. So you have to believe that. 
you have to believe that. That's step number one. Believe that Jesus meant what he said. And then step number two, step out and do it. Step out and do it like Nike. Go out and do it. Pray for the sick. Expect them to recover. Pray for situations in your family. Expect God to turn it around. And when you, it seems like it's not moving, you pray again. It seems like it's not moving, you pray again. You don't give up. Amen? You have to have that resident in your spirit, man, that Jesus meant what he said, and the works that he's talking about, I can do. Because otherwise, if this verse is not true, then why should I believe John 3.16? If this verse is not true, then John 3.16 is questionable. And if any of them is questionable, the whole book is questionable. And the Bible says, forever, O God, your word is settled, firmly fixed in the heavens. Amen? Amen? So we have to believe what Jesus said and actually go out and do it. We must go out and win souls. That's part of doing the works of Jesus. as part of our fruits. And it's, there's a reward for that in heaven. If you look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says there's a, there's a reward, a, a, a star that God gives to soul winners. So every one of us, we have been called and deputized to go and preach the good news. That Jesus saves, he heals, he delivers, he sets free. So every opportunity that you have, you may not be called as an evangelist. That's, you know, people that are called into that office, that's the, the crux of their ministry. They go out and throw the net and bring in a lot of people. But that doesn't mean you and I cannot win souls on the job. Glory to God. I had a uh, spiritual conversation today. Somebody came to me and asked me the question, uh, what happens to people that die without knowing Jesus? What happens to people that die when they know Jesus? And for the next 10, 15 minutes, I was able to minister to this person the word of God. Tell them what actually happens according to scripture. Just not my opinion. Amen? That's ministering. That's doing the works of Jesus. You don't need to have a platform where you are talking to thousands of people. Glory to God. We are still going to preach the gospel. In the name of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are going to preach the gospel no matter what happens. You know, this happens a lot in, in my home country. They take power and then you continue preaching in the dark. Jesus loves you. Praise the Lord. And the pastor continues to preach glory to God. And even in, in situations like that, you see mighty, mighty miracles happen. Because the enemy knows what is about to happen. That's why he's trying to put his nose in God's business. So, Satan, I take authority over you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command, let there be stillness in this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. I rebuke your work now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. So, doing the works of Jesus, in order for us to do that, you abide. You stay in the word. You never let go of the word. You know, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and they seem to be on the, uh, I would say, some level of doubt in, well, there are some people that won't get healed and some people that will get healed. Well, if you believe that, your faith is already compromised. Your faith is already compromised. And they are citing some examples in scriptures. But what I read in my Bible is God is a good God. And he came to set the captives free. We read that in Luke chapter 4. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to a few people. No. To a select group of people. No. It's for everyone. 
as many as will receive him, to them, John 1, 12, to them he gave power, rights, privilege, authority to become sons and daughters of God. Amen? As many as received him. So you have to check what you believe. Are you believing correctly? And if you are believing correctly, having done all to stand, stand therefore. If the miracle hasn't happened yet, praise the Lord. Continue to praise God, continue to believe God, and continue to expect your miracle. And God's been speaking to me recently about time, times and season. You know, in, in the Greek, I didn't even know I was going to get into it, but I guess I am. In the Greek word, or in the Greek language, when the Bible was written, there are two Greek words used to describe time. One is the chronos, and the other one is the kairos. Chronos is the chronological time, you know, it's 5 o'clock, and then it's 5.15, and then 5.30, you know, the flow of time. Kairos is the appointed time, the set time. The Bible says when the time came, Christ was born at the appointed time. So there's an appointed time for God to do that miracle you have been praying. So I've been praying. God has been leading me to pray about that. I, I pray for myself, pray for the church, pray for specific people that the Lord puts in my heart. Lord, let the Kairos moment and the Kronos moment coincide right now. I believe God is about to do something in America. We are going to see celebration in the streets very, very soon. That would dwarf the biggest 4th of July we've ever seen. Amen. And I've been praying, Lord, let everyone's joy be full. Not just celebration for America, but celebration personally. The things that you are believing God, the things that I'm believing God. Let the Kairos moment and the Kronos moment coincide. Amen. We are going to pray about that as we, as we wrap up tonight. So you must abide. You must be somebody that loves the word of God and stay in the word of God no matter what is happening around you. You stay with it. Glory to God. Because without the vine, you can do nothing. Look at that. He said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Not you can do some things, but some things will not work. No. Without me, you can do nothing. If you picture that vine again and the branch that we cut off, and we just set it there, after a few days, it's going to dry up. And then it's going to continue to, because the life source has been cut off. What is feeding that branch has been cut off. No matter you do, it's not going to work. I'm not trying to mock tongues. I'm just saying you, you can pray in tongues for 700 hours. You have to be connected. You have to be in the vine. Stay in the vine, no matter what. Stay connected. So prayer is powerful if you are in the vine. Declaring the word of God is powerful if you are connected in the vine. Because it's the vine that is the source of your power. We don't have any power of our own. We don't have any might of our own. That's what uh, King Jehoshaphat said. But our eyes are on you. I don't have any might of my own. I don't have any power of my But the Holy Ghost inside of you is the force, the power that you can use to break the works of darkness. 
So you must remain connected no matter what. So abide in the vine. Your prayers are answered when you abide in the vine. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and I put in brackets, consistent with my will, and it shall be done for you. How many of you will agree with my bracket? Consistent with the will of God. Not just anything, you know. I gave the example the other time about James having a second wife. You know, that's not consistent with the will of God. So that's why I said in bracket, consistent with his will, because he's not just ask anything, you know, I become president tomorrow. Ask anything. No, no. He has to be consistent with the will of God. What is the will of God for me, for Bishop? What is God telling me to do? What is God calling me to do? That's what I can ask and I can declare and then it will be established to me. But the key to it, again, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will and it will be done for you. It's speaking about prayer, but it's also speaking about me declaring I will never be broke another day in my life. I believe all my needs are met. I believe I have abundant help. I believe the heavens over me are open. That's the word of God. I'm declaring the word of God over me. Now, if you don't like it or the other person doesn't like it, well, that's their problem. But I'm declaring the word of God over me. Amen? But the key is abide in the word. Glory to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How do we think that Jesus was able to minister to people in preaching, teaching, and healing without faith? It's impossible. So faith is very necessary to this, but this part is what the Lord put in my heart tonight to remind us that you have to be a Christian that is connected to the vine. Don't disconnect yourself. Stay connected. Now let's move on. Another prerequisite for, we are talking about prerequisites for doing the works of Jesus. So I think you, we got the message on abide. Without him, you don't have any power source. You don't have any food. You don't have any nutrients. You don't have any, you're cut off. And it's just a matter of time before you dry up. When you say dry up, meaning that all kinds of chaos will be happening in that person's life because they are not in the vine. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at the second part of the message today. In order for you to do the works of Jesus, you have to be a man or a woman full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Let's look at Acts 11, verse 24. Acts 11. This is, we just wanted to highlight a couple of people, and then I will round up with the Lord Jesus himself. Verse 24. Acts 11, 24. Well, let's start from 22. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and he had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. Verse 24. For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. 
and a great many people were added to the Lord. In order for you to do the works of God, you have to be a man or a woman full of the Holy Spirit, full of power, and full of faith. Full of the Holy Spirit, full of power, full of faith. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Just to let us know that the Holy Spirit was necessary, the power was necessary, the faith was necessary. Jesus did not begin his public ministry until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then he went into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and waiting upon the Lord. And then after he was done, the Bible said he, he went from there and his fame spread throughout all the region around about. And he began to preach, teach, and enforce the kingdom. Miracles, signs, wonders. He began to preach the kingdom. He began to declare the kingdom, proclaim the kingdom. And as he was doing it, there are miracles, signs, and wonders following. So you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You must be a man or a woman full of faith, full of power, and full of the Holy Spirit in order to do the works of Jesus. It's not just, uh, I wish to do the works of Jesus, but there are prerequisites. Uh, for those of us that we've been to college, uh, when you go to college, let's say, for example, you want to be a medical doctor. When you apply to be a medical doctor, there are some prerequisites that you have to take. Biology, chemistry, physics, math, English, things like that. If you don't have those prerequisites, they won't even allow you to enter into the main program. The same thing, these are prerequisites. You must be born again. That one goes without saying. You must be a child of God. But we are looking at some additional prerequisites. Because Jesus told us, in John 12, 14 that we read, that's our main text for this teaching. The works that I do, you will do. And that's why we titled the series, Doing the Works of Jesus. What is it going to take for you and I to do the works of Jesus? That's what we are looking at, line upon line, precept upon precept. When you look at Paul in Acts 13, just two chapters down, Acts 13, verse 9. I want us to see it together so that you can see. Let's, let's go to Acts 8, actually. Let's start with Acts 8. I want to show us Philip, Philip the Evangelist. Acts 8, let's look at uh, beginning from verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout all the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial. Stephen was just martyred and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women and committing them to prison. This guy is committed. He's zealous, but on the wrong side. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Look at what they are doing, doing the works of Jesus. They didn't go home and say, well, look at what they did to Stephen. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to go and bury my head like a goose. No, they, they doubled up. They went about 
preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And the multitude, uh, preaching the word, verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached who? Christ unto them. He didn't preach their denomination. He didn't preach his opinion. He didn't preach what he felt. Uh, he preached Christ. He preached the word. Just like I'm doing tonight. He preached the word to them. And the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So Philip was not just declaring words. He was also demonstrating the kingdom. He was preaching the gospel, but he was also demonstrating this kingdom. Verse 7, for unclean spirit, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. That's what God has called you and I to be. To carry the gospel of Jesus Christ in every sphere that he has placed you around your friends, around your family, around your neighbors, to be a light. When somebody has problem, that's an opportunity for you to say, ah, let's pray, let's believe God. Let me show you what the Bible says. Can you believe this? Can you understand? Do you understand what this says? Do you agree? Let, let, let's pray. Amen? Step out of the boat and believe God. And believe God for crazy miracles. You know, I've been meditating on Mark 9.23 for a while now. Jesus said, with men it's impossible, not with God. For with God all things are possible. There are some things that I don't necessarily have framework for it. Uh, it's, you might say it's flimsy, it's unnecessary, but I'm believing God for it anyway. Because Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. I'm, I'm swinging for the fences. Amen? Are, are you with me? I am swinging for the fences. Are, are you swinging for the fences? Are you, are you extending yourself beyond what you did yesterday and say, Lord, I see this in your word. I'm going to believe it. If it takes me six months, if it takes me a year, if it takes me a moment, it doesn't matter. I'm going to believe it. Because Hebrews 11.6 tells me that if faith pleases you. And I also need that to be able to do the works that you have called me to do. Amen? We are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. If the light of the world has to be docking behind some bushes, what good is the light? Dave, if the light has to be ducking behind the bushes, well, you know, we got to, you know, do something about that light. You are the light of the world. The Lord Jesus is inside of you. The powers of the age to come lives inside of you. Act like it. Begin to demonstrate the kingdom. Amen? So we see here, you need faith. You need boldness of faith. You need the Holy Ghost to do the works of Jesus. Philip showed up in Samaria and there was joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. And God is raising you and I up to be his ambassador where he has planted you. Amen? The place that God has planted you in your family, with your friends, with your loved one, with your neighbors, you are the light of the world in that place. Amen? 
That's how you do the works of Jesus. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. This is Peter. Acts chapter 4, beginning from verse 8. The Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, Rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for the good deed done to this helpless man, by what means he was made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. When you've been with the Lord, when you've been around Jesus, when you are one of us, there should be an evidence. There should be an evidence. Uh, there should be a fragrance that come out of you. There should be demonstration of Jesus because you are one of us. Amen? He has called you and I to do this work. He has called you and I to do this work. <laughs> Glory to God. Remember when they arrested Peter, and they threw him into prison. So Paul and sorry, sorry, they arrested Paul. Before that, they had cut off the head of uh, John, and the church was, you know, not really doing much. But this time around, they woke up and they began to pray and began to intercede. Amen. Sometimes there are some things that happen around us that is not the will of God, but it's like the thief in the night that comes in and steals from us. That's the devil. He will come in and, and, and put, you know, issues in our family, sickness. And, and the church is, what are we doing? We have to stand our ground. We have to use the weapon that God has given us. We can't just let the devil just show up. Like somebody shows up with a, a small uh, table fork. And he's going to stick you up. Say, give me your money. And meanwhile, Marianne is loaded with double magnum, you know, double barrel and you are there with double barrel and you're shaking and the person that is sticking you up has got this tiny fork that you can kick away that's what's happening we are more powerful than the enemy but you have to know it and then you have to act on it how do you act on it by the boldness of faith. Satan, no, I'm not going to buy that. I refuse that in the name of the Lord Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I stand my ground over my family. I stand my ground over my baby. My baby is not going to die. My mom is not going to die. My husband is not going to die. My wife is not going to die. That's you standing your ground in faith. Amen. Declaring the word of God. Marking your territory. You know, we think that because we are Christian, the enemy will just let you run, you know, run your race and leave you alone. No. The Bible called him a thief. Thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's you that you will say, no, you are not destroying here. I put the hedge of fire around 1492 Hisborn Drive. That's my address. <laughs> I put the hedge of fire around about my property, around my house. No. 
you are not coming in here. And if he's, if he's in there, it's time for you to kick him out. It's your job to kick him out. He has given you authority. If there's something happening around your home, around your life, that is not in alignment with the word of God, it's now your job to get hungry in the Holy Ghost. And say, no, devil, you, 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 I, I've been sleeping on the job, <laughs> uh, but I've woken up. <laughs> the lion of the tribe of Judah has woken up on the inside of me. I will not take this anymore. Amen? You kick him out of your yard. You kick him out of your home. You kick, kick him out of your marriage. Kick him out of your body. Kick him out of your life. That's doing the works of Jesus. But it takes power. Bible says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. We live in a spiritual and natural realm that is run by power. Power. The only language Satan understands is the language of power. He doesn't understand big grammar, you know. Don't you know I went to Harvard? Don't you know I have this degree and that degree? And the devil will slap you <laughs> right side up, upside down. He doesn't care about all of that. All he cares about it is written. It is written. It is written. Be a word warrior. Amen? Be a word warrior. I know you're a word warrior right now. Take it to the next level. Amen? Be a word warrior. Be a man or woman that understands what you carry. Acts chapter 6. I'm going to move from there so that we can get to prayer. Acts chapter 6. Glory to God. Is this blessing somebody? The Bible says in verse 5, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. Look at the qualification they were looking for. They were looking for men that will wait tables. <laughs> Glory to God. That would be Dickens, essentially. You know what they were looking for? Look at the qualification. A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. It's a kingdom of power. It's a kingdom of power, not a kingdom of grammar. Not even a kingdom of uh, knowledge, head knowledge. Yeah, that's good. That's necessary. You know the word of God. You know what the Bible says. But it's a kingdom that's only respected by power. Power. Satan only respects power. Power. It takes power to break witchcraft. It takes power to break the power of sickness in somebody's life. It takes power to break the backbone of poverty. It takes power. That's why Jesus said you shall receive power. Because if he doesn't give us power, we are defenseless. We can't match him. I mean, this is a, this is a, a cherubim that has been a long, around a long time. Long, way long before you were ever conceived. <laughs> way long before you, you and I were ever conceived. How do you fight that? It's unfair. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. We have an advantage. But we have to know how to use that advantage that he has given us. You have to use the power that God has given you. You have to use it. So it takes power. Just like Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Paul was anointed with power. Barnabas was anointed with power. Stephen, Nicanor, all of these guys and women were anointed with the Holy Spirit with power and they were full of faith. You want to do the works of Jesus? You need these three combinations. The Holy Spirit, power, and faith. The Holy Spirit, power, and faith. And every time situation comes around you, you address it in the name of Jesus with faith in your heart. And expecting God to turn things around. I'm so excited about what God has been doing. I'm, I'm seeing so many, many miracles in my own life, in my family. Uh, glory to God. Way beyond what, when the time is right, the testimony will be forthcoming. Amen. When the time is right, the testimonies will be, And I know God is doing mighty, mighty things in your lives as well. So God is a miracle walking God. But he wants us to go to that next level. To be a light around us. Around our families. Glory to God. Another aspect of doing the works of Jesus is the aspect of prayer. The Bible talks about the prayer life of the Lord Jesus. He will push himself away. He will withdraw himself away, and then he will pray. Sometimes all night. In fact, many times all night. All night. No wonder when he shows up the next day, all kinds of demonstrations begin to happen. All kinds of... So, there's a, a correlation between your intimacy with the Father and the demonstration of power against the kingdom of darkness. You must be a man and a woman given to prayer. You must be a man and a woman given to the word. The word of God is, is, is the vine. Without the vine, we can do nothing. We read that together. Without the vine, we can do absolutely nothing. Now, prayer. When you encounter situations in your life or that of others, and you and I choose to pray in faith, expecting God to move, you are doing the works of Jesus. The key is you must pray. Prayer is not an option for a child of God. Prayer is not what we do as an emergency. If you want to see God intervene in your situations, you must learn to pray. If Jesus had to pray, we think we are better than Jesus. He is the Lord. If he had to pray, why do we think we are going to circumvent that? Prayer is absolutely necessary. And I want to say also that it's not just pray and just to pray and pray and pray. You know, just pray, pray, pray. There's a, there's a, there's a way to pray. Amen? One of the main ingredients that must be connected with prayer is faith. The prayer of faith will say, in fact, let's look at the passage in James chapter 5. James chapter 5, 13 to 18. We're doing good on time. James chapter 5, 13 to 18. The Bible says, if you have it, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. He didn't say, let him whine. He didn't say, let him call a bunch of people and talk about it. <laughs> he said, let him pray. This is the prescription of the word of God. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? 
In fact, when you study that, I just don't have time. If you study it and go under the hood, what he's actually saying there is, if anyone among you is beyond helping himself, because God's expectation is for his church not to be sick, because he said, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. He said, I wish above all things because there's a part that you and I have to play in that. You know, there's the law of uh, seed time and harvest. You know, how you treat your body for 25 years. And then something develops because of the way you treat your body. But God is merciful. Amen? This is not a message of condemnation. You know, if you, are, you, know, you eat the kind of food you eat, it's not good for you, but you keep eating it. And then it develops and develops and develops over a period of time. And now your arteries are clogged and this is happening. And then it creates this problem in your body and all that. God can heal it, but you have to repent from that lifestyle. Amen? So that's the natural progression of our physical body, uh, how we use it and things like that. And just the fragility of the body. The fact that you are growing older, your body naturally will age. But I also know that God can reverse age. If you can believe him. I go back to Mark 9.23 again. Jesus said, all things are possible. It's like you have this buffet. Take what you want. Take what you want. But there are some people, they say, yeah, no, I, I can manage with that. You know, like a story that Brother Egan told. A lady came, had hearing aid, and she had a cane. And then she came, and then she said, Brother Egan, pray, pray uh, you know, I want to hear. Because I'm sitting in the church. I barely hear half of the service. And I'm sitting next to the, uh, the speaker. And I can't even hear half of what you're saying. So... He prayed, and the hair was loosed. She got a miracle. And he, there she goes with her cane. And then Brother Egan said, uh, Sister, don't you want something else? He said, No, I got what I want. I got all I need. Praise the Lord. That's the church. That's the church. I got all I need. The same power that opened your ear can restore that walking situation. So I want us to begin to evaluate our lives. That's why I said, what exactly are you believing God for? Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him or her that believes. Everything is on the table. I want you to picture a very, the, the, the best buffet you've ever seen in your life with all your favorite food. Just picture it for a second. With all your favorite food, everything is on it. And you go up there and just fill your bowl, your plate with grapes, and then you walk away. Meanwhile, there's chicken, there's uh, collard green, there's mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. Everything that you can, your heart can ever desire is on the table. But you only take two. There are some people that will take three. There are some people that will take ten. But God is saying... Everything is available. Everything is available. Everything is available. You know, like I said, I've been, I've been chewing on that Mark 9.23. Jesus kept, he said, all things. All things means nothing is left out. 
Is that what that means in English? Because, you know, I, I, I grew up under a colonized Nigeria, and we, were, uh, we went to school in British English. So I think I understand English. All things means nothing is left out. Uh -huh. Somebody help me over here. All things means healing is included. It means prosperity is included. It means deliverance is included. It means salvation is in there. It means holiness is in there. It means the Holy Ghost is in there. Come on, church. It means all is included. So why are you leaving stuff on the table? Why are you leaving stuff on the table? That's a, that's a, that's a prophetic word for all of us. Nobody's exempted. There are some things that you are leaving on the table. And the Father is saying, it's yours. Abundance is yours. <laughs> Believers, children of God, saints, living from paycheck to paycheck, that's not the will of the Father. Living in barely get along streets, <laughs> uh, no, that's not the will of the Father. It's the will of the Father for you to be abundantly supplied. So I want you to take an inventory right now and say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see where I'm leaving stuff on the table. Because you're saying all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. Jesus said, if you are suffering, he said, pray. Because with prayer, you can change it. He's not telling us to pray to make us feel better emotionally. He's telling us to pray because he expects us to pray in faith for that suffering to turn into testimony. I want to clarify that because there are people that are praying just to feel better. If that's what you are doing, that's not what Jesus said. He said, pray and expect God to do something. Pray and expect God to do something. So it's not just pray and pray and pray and pray. And I just prayed about it and then I felt better. Okay, so what's the result of that? You must pray and expect God to turn the situation around. The Bible says in 3 John 2, 5, I beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper Prosper financially, prosper spiritually, prosper in your relationships, prosper in your career, in your ministry. I mean, you can fill in the blank. And be in health even as your soul prosper. The Lord knew that sickness and disease will exist in the church, so he provided us a solution. The Bible says he took 39 stripes. And on that 39 stripe is cancer. On that 39 stripe is multiple sclerosis. On that 39 stripe is any sickness and any disease that is going on in your body. Jesus already paid the price. Whisper, Jesus already paid the price. I know it's not a secret, but I'm, I'm trying to get your attention to focus. Jesus already paid the price. Katie, Jesus already paid the price. Pastor Terry, Jesus already paid the price. And he paid it in full. Ah, it's, he paid in full. 
paid in full. That should encourage your heart. I know I'm speaking to the choir, in quotes, because you are men and women that are warriors in the things of God. But I'm just provoking the man on the inside of you to go further, to dig your heels and stand your ground, having done all to stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, because of time, and I, I want us to take some time to pray, we are going to stop there, and I'll pick up from ne there next week. So we are going to get up. What we have just heard tonight, it's not news. You've heard it before. It's good stuff. You've heard it before. But I want you to take what we learned tonight and put it to practice. Amen? There are some prayer projects that you have personally. The Bible says that anyone suffering... Let him pray. Let her pray. That means you are powerful. <laughs> because the same Holy Ghost that is inside Jesus lives inside of you. So you are going to pray and tell God about your needs. And I don't want you to pray begging. No, we are not beggars. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of the King. So I want you to pray and speak to that mountain. Speak to that mountain around your life. Address it in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and speak as a warrior. Open your mouth and declare over that mountain in the name of Jesus. Address it in the name of Jesus. Address lack. He can hear you. Address sickness. He can hear you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every sickness, every operation of hell around my life, around my family. I address you, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Take your hand off of my family. In the mighty name of Jesus, you spirit of infirmity, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you to wither and to dry in the name of Jesus. I curse you in the name of Jesus. Over the house, every sickness, every disease, cancer, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you to wither and to die. Every sickness and disease, I command you to wither and to die in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, church. Open your mouth and begin to declare. You are powerful. Open your mouth and declare the word of God. I decree and declare. Open heavens over the house. Everyone that is under the heavy burden of infirmity, every burden of lack. Everybody of not enough. We rebuke it tonight in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it tonight in the name of Jesus. Men and women full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Rebas okoteria balongo tesegiri arababosia. Reka kateria bababashia. Declare a turnaround in that situation. Declare a turnaround. Speak to your loved ones that are not born again. Speak to their spirit man. Speak life over them in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of infirmity in the house, I address you in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone that's watching from home. Everyone that's watching from home that's unable to come because of infirmity or because of some issues in their body. I address that issue in the name of Jesus. I think somebody has uh, pain over here because I'm, I'm getting like a word of knowledge of pain over here because I don't have pain there. I address it in the name of Jesus. I command that pain to live now in the name of Jesus. Everyone under the sound of my voice that is 
they have pain in their body. I address that pain in the name of Jesus. I command it to lose you in Jesus' mighty name. I speak to your body. I speak to your muscle. I speak to your organs. I speak the life of God over it in the name of Jesus. Pray the prayer of power. Prayer of power. Prayer of power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Prayer of power. Prayer of faith. Prayer of power. Lord, we declare over the house. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, my God shall supply all of your needs. Lord, we call forth. Abundance over Global River Church in the name of Jesus. Financial abundance. Increase spiritually in every area in the name of Jesus. You can lay hands on yourself. You can lay hands on yourself. The Bible says they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Believe God. Stretch your faith tonight. Stretch your faith tonight. Stretch your faith tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, I declare over every prayer that has been offered tonight. I join my faith with everyone, oh God, in the name of Jesus. A turn around, a turn around in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because we declare it is done. You have called us not to a powerless calling, but a powerful calling. You have given us your Holy Spirit. And so, by faith, we step out of the boat, just like you told us to do, Lord God. And so, we expect miracle signs and wonders. And Lord, I pray for everyone that's looking for a job right now, in the name of Jesus. People that are looking for jobs. Maybe you are watching from home. You have been believing God for a new job, a better job. Lord, I decree and declare open doors right now in the name of Jesus. I declare favor, 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 supernatural Kairos moment in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I stand as one of your mouthpiece tonight. I decree over America, justice will be served in the name of Jesus. And I am bold to declare that President Donald J. Trump is coming back into office in the mighty name of Jesus. According to your purpose and your will and your plan, is coming back into office in the name of Jesus. Everyone that has defrauded this nation, that has sold out this nation, Lord, let your justice reign in the name of Jesus. We pray over our school system, every diabolical plan of the enemy to bring our children into servitude, into slavery. We cancel it tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, I stand and I take power over all the powers of the enemy, every operation of hell in New Hanover County and all of the counties in this surrounding region. I release the host of heaven to go and smash, demolish, and bash every platform of witchcraft, every platform of evil in the name of Jesus. Lord, I take power over all the powers of the enemy and I release the host of heaven to go into Washington, D.C., to every state in 
the United States, and expose all the lies, all the backroom deals in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare liberty over the house. Everyone that is oppressed tonight, I speak to that oppression. I command it to loose now in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit, you are no longer permitted to molest and harass my, my, my brother, my sister in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare liberty in the house in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you. Father God, we thank you. Father God, we thank you. We bless your name. We thank you, Lord, because you are a God that changes times and season. Oh, you've got times and season in your hand. You call for light out of darkness. You don't need a man to be the God you are. You have chosen to call me your own. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. Father, I declare over the house, over every need in the house. I call it met in the name of Jesus. I declare the Kairos moment over everyone tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Be a warrior because that's who you are. Mark your territory. Glory to God.